With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Celtic State of Mind. My name is Laura Bradburn and I'm joined for the pre-match coverage of Celtic versus Hibs today by Celtic Down Unders. Liam, how are you doing, Liam? Uh, good, thanks, Laura. Um, yep, just uh, stopped off at the uh, 7-11 just to get my uh, my carry out for tonight and uh, mm-hmm. yep, all ready to go. Absolutely. I, I, I mean, I, I, yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I read nothing more into that than what you just said. No, exactly, um, exactly. So well, seven up though, which was unfortunate. But uh, it's absolutely it's all sixes and sevens, isn't it? You're just at sixes Aye. and sevens. Um, but anyway, um, <laughs> boss man is supposed to be joining us. I believe he's stuck 
somewhere between his his homestead and the studio. Uh, I believe in pretty horrendous traffic, so hopefully he'll be able to join us for half time. That's if he gets to see any of the game whatsoever. But mm. uh, until at least kick off, I think you'll be stuck with me and Liam. So, um, so let's what, what what you're saying, Laura, is that he's less than seven mile away, but more than one mile away. Is, is that what you is that what you're telling me? I, I, I would I, I would guess that's probably about right. right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Just so we're clear. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but hopefully he'll cover those last seven miles really, really quickly. Like, they'll just come one after the other. Yeah. Aye, maybe three in six minutes if he's lucky, you know? Yeah, yeah, um, uh, hopefully, uh, but yeah, we'll see. <laughs> anyway, we'll get back to talking what you're all here to talk about. Let me just see if I can pull this up for you. We've got the Celtic starting lineup for the home match against Hibs for today. So, uh, in goal, it's Joe Hart. We've got Tony Ralston at right back, Carter Vickers and Yentz in the mid- in the middle, uh, Burnaby at left back, Moy, O'Reilly and Hatati taking up the midfield, and a front three of Forrest, Haksabanovich and Yakimakis. I was, I was getting too excited with myself there talking about who was next. Um, Liam, your thoughts on the lineup? Um, what you expected or um, any surprises there for you? No, I mean, to be honest, I expected both Kyogo and Maeda to kind of maybe get a rest today and not necessarily start. Um, They both come in for a bit of criticism during the week. Um, Not all of it warranted, in my opinion, but some of it warranted. So Hmm. on form, you've got to say Jackie Marcus is deserving of a start because he's done well whenever he's played. Um, Yeah, I... uh, uh, it's an interesting team. It's good to see Burnaby getting more game time um, mm-hmm. because I like I liked what I saw of him last week. Um, certainly offers more in an attacking sense than Greg Taylor, but I think Greg Taylor's definitely a better defender. But um, a, a game like today, we're at home. You know, it's a game we should win reasonably comfortably, so we're going to put out a more attacking team. So in that sense, Burnaby makes sense. Yeah, um, I, I guess starting at the the, the back, um, a particular. Well, I don't know that it, I don't know that I would qualify it as a surprise now, but um, the inclusion of Ralston, I've not heard of anything um, affecting Juranovic too negatively. He is on the bench, so I presume he's fully fit to play. He could have been selected from the start, but um, anything to read into the selection of Ralston, or do you think that's that's Ange just? you know, rotating as we expected them to do with the number of games that we've been playing? No, I think it's just the case that Juranovic is our number one right back. So he will start the European games. And if we have a particularly hard European game, uh, Ralston will come in. And I think that games like games like this week, this midweek game, they're, it's tiring enough just to play a team like that, but to play and work really hard and then lose, it feels all the more tiring if you lose. So I think, you know, the the likes of Maeda and Juranovic and Kyogo are probably still feeling it a bit. So putting them on the bench today is, but well, I think it's exactly what, what the manager should do. Yeah, I, I, I would be in agreement with that. We're just going to get some comments coming in. Um, Paddy Lavery says... Um, Paddy Lavery says, afternoon all from a Baltic Ardoin. Uh, it's not much better here in Glasgow. I don't know what the what the temperature's like over in Japan, Liam. Um, I've actually got my air conditioner on just now. It was a wee bit warm today. 
Um, uh, in the words of chewing the fat, ooh, air <laughs> condition. <laughs> anyway, oh, we've got uh, we've got running water as well. You'd be amazed. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> um, Mappy says hello from Laos. Now, I'm not I'm not the most geographical of people, Liam. I don't know if you know exactly where Laos is, or if Mappy can um inform us. I'm I'm wanting to say, no, I was going to say Nigeria, but that's Lagos, isn't it? Aye. Um, Aye. Laos, as it's as it's pronounced, is okay. uh, <laughs> is um, s- sort of between China and Vietnam, okay. kind of next, next to Thailand in that sort of area. Okay, I want to say oh, over your neck of the woods, but given my again my my geographical sense, it could be still thousands of miles from you. I'm sure. Well. You know, that's the thing. I remember a few years ago there was <laughs> there was a bit of a protest movement kicked off in Hong Kong, and people were texting me saying, "Are you all right?" And I was like, "Mate, I'm in Tokyo. I'm fine." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, Magnet sixty seven says, "Afternoon, Axon team. Glad to see Forrest start. Hopefully, should use his experience to help us a comfortable win. We'll talk about Forrest in a little bit." And then we've got Gav Johnston. A few changes, but still strong. Would have liked to see Abelgard instead of Moy. Um, mm. With that said, we'll go on to the midfield, Liam. So for, um, just for anybody who, who missed at the start, I'll just bring it back up just now. Um, so the midfield is uh, Moy, O'Reilly and Tatati. We'll talk about that 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 selection of Moy. Um He's had a bit of an up and down few weeks. Um, had a particularly poor performance, I believe, against um, St Mirren, uh, the game that we lost. Um, some some fans question what he brings to the team. Others happy to see him, you know, brought on towards the end of a game to shoot out a, a, a victory. But what's certain is that Ange seems to um, seems to value him. Uh, were you surprised to see him, or as the or as the listeners, as the viewer said, I should say? Were you expecting to see Abelgard finally make a make a start for us? No, I think Abelgard's still a week or two away from being ready to walk into the team. Um, could well be up for a cameo appearance in the second half, but um, I think for the moment they're they're both players that we we expect to play a similar role in the team with with Calmac being out, and uh, you know Moy is just there on fitness at the moment. Once Abelgard is fully match fit, then it becomes a question of which one of them do we think is better. Mm-hmm. And we've not we've not seen enough of Abelgard yet to make that judgment. So um at the moment Moy's there on merit. Yeah, um bearing in mind what I said about um you know <clears throat> Ange seeing something in him that he obviously likes, which I understand, um and being somebody who kind of if 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 Ange says jump, I would say how high. Um, it's one thing I'm I'm kind of struggling to see exactly what it is that he brings to the team. Do you? What are the strengths you think Moy brings to the team, and especially in a situation where he's starting the game today? What what do you think he can provide us? Moy is one of those players who kind of does the simple things, but does them very effectively. Mm-hmm. You've got O'Reilly and Hatati as two flair players playing in front of him. Yeah. But Moy kind of does the the graft, if you like, to allow them to do their, their more skill skill based um stuff. Um he is a he very rarely wastes a pass. Um if you look at the, the statistics, um I'm sure his pass completion percentage is very, very good. Yeah. Um 
plays good balls from deep, which is something that we don't really have that much of in the team. Carter Vickers can do it now and again as well, but I think Moy brings that. Um, yeah, I, I just think that if you're going to have two midfielders as attacking as O'Reilly and Hattati, mm-hmm. you need somebody sitting that wee bit deeper, but who can still pick out a good probing forward pass, and to me, that's what Moy does. Yeah, I, I think I agree with that. I think he, you know... The the one thing that frustrates me about him or, or, or about people's perception of him is is you know there's been a in my opinion a kind of lazy um, uh, viewpoint that he is the new Scott Brown and with all due respect I think that's due to um, his uh, follically challenged napper shall we say um, <laughs> more than anything else um, and I think mm-hmm. he I, I think he I think he's maybe a little bit more of a mobile player certainly than than Scott Brown was to the end of his career he's certainly not as hard a tackler as as Scott Brown was so I think it is a slightly different uh, uh, element that he does bring but it's interesting that you say that because I was talking to um, my uncle who I was watching the the game with at uh, Leipzig on Tuesday and he was talking about the fact that we missed a bit of a Scott Brown influence somebody who wouldn't in his words, wouldn't let the opposition away with anything. Now, I'm not sure that's the way I want us to play football, but do you think he maybe had a point in that, um, you know, that is a, a, something that we missed, that a Moy, an Abelgard, um, even a McGregor maybe doesn't bring us? Look, Scott Brown is Scott Brown, all right? Um, doing what he does, or what he did for Celtic, rather, was unique. Um, you know, it's saying that oh, he's, you know, he's not as good as Scott Brown. That's a bit like saying, well, you know, Haksabanovic isn't as good as Jimmy Johnson. You know, it, it's not really a fair comparison. I um, wouldn't. I listen, listen. Uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't put Scott Brown and, and, and Jimmy Johnson in the same situation. But I, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. Uh, in, in terms of the, the impact that they had over a long time at the club. Right. Yes, I'm not talking. I'm not talking about ability. I'm talking about status yeah, yeah. amongst the supporters, right? Yeah. Fair. Um, for for people of you know our generation and a bit younger who maybe don't remember seeing Jimmy Johnson play in the flesh, it's guys like Henrik Larsson, Chris Sutton, Lubomiracic, and more recently Scott Brown that are the the big ones that really stand out to you, mm-hmm. icons as it were, and. You can't replace an icon in ten minutes. You know, it's the same thing as like when uh, you know when Greg Taylor came in. Everyone was expecting him to be the new Kieran Tierney, and it's well, it's not going to happen. Kieran Tierney's a twenty-five million pound uh, defender, one of the best fullbacks in Europe, who is probably going to go for a hell of a lot more next time he moves on. Um, and that's not Greg Taylor. That's no slight on Greg Taylor. That's just the realities of football economics. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's that's all fair, and I think the realities of football economics is something that we're seeing laid bare, you know, in the Champions League, like you say, um, that you know we can afford to spend a few million on a player, but we can't afford to spend thirty, forty million on a player, which in, in the top five leagues at least is kind of the going rate for a almost pretty average player these days. You know, you're having to go up. Um, approaching 60, 70 million before you start really approaching the real top, top class players. So um, it's, it's it's going to be difficult in any climate to, to keep up with that. Um, but it's interesting nonetheless. Um, another player to look at in the lineup that we were talking about um, during the during the Friday bulletin when I was on with Jim and Alice, Alan Morrison uh, yesterday 
um, was Rio Hitati. Um, one of those players that, you know, I have professed my love for Rio Hitati till the cow, cows come home. I think the guy is a supremely talented footballer and offers us something that I don't think any other player in the squad offers us in terms of the risks that he takes with passes. The disadvantage mm. with that, obviously, is if the risks don't pay off, um, he can look as if he's had a pretty ordinary game, which was the case against Leipzig on Tuesday. Um, mm. Pleased to see him in from the start, if only just to, to see him get back into his rhythm and, and things like that. Are you expecting to see that from him today? Yeah, Um yeah, Hatati, like you say, the um again, not comparing them in terms of ability, but comparing their <laughs> contribution. Reminds me a bit of Lubo Maravchik in the sense okay. that, you know, Lubo could you know, on his day was probably the most skillful player in the Celtic team at the time. I'd say in terms of raw skill, even better than Henrik Larson, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Right. But um there were games where he would just fade because the wee tricks that he was trying weren't coming off mm-hmm. or other players weren't reading his passes or his movement. And that can frustrate players like that. And you see that with Hatati sometimes. He he makes a really good he plays a really good ball or makes a really good run, but his teammates don't read it. Um mm-hmm. or he tries something and it gets intercepted or it doesn't come off. And with with uh flair players, flair players thrive on being risk takers, as you say. Yeah. And you're gonna have to accept as fans that you know, it's not always going to come off, but you know, hopefully, one in every five or one in every ten of them ends in a spectacular goal. So, you know, if you keep that number up, you can get away with it. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I think, uh, I think that's that's something that we need to 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 appreciate about him, and I think he, uh, I think, I, I think personally, you know, I, I was shocked to hear the what Ange said about him, I can't remember exactly when it was, but the fact that he's only in what he's maybe second or his third year as a professional footballer because of the way things work in Japan and mm. uh, higher education is prioritised even in careers where, you know, uh, it wouldn't maybe otherwise be in other cultures and things. So the fact that he's only two or three years into his career makes you wonder, A, where he would have been had that not been the case and had he had the the normal route. Um, but the other thing is, um, you know, where he could go given how much he's, he's achieved in that short space of time. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, looking at the front line, uh, a very unfamiliar front line in terms of, you know, if, if you want to say Jota, Kyogo uh, and perhaps Abada or, or Maeda would be the kind of standard front line. Um, Maeda's come in for a little bit of stick because of um, some recent performances. Kyogo, uh, similarly, because of uh, a string of missed chances. And uh, Jota, obviously, suffering from an injury that we hope he will be back from this week. But before we talk about Kyogo and Maeda specifically, um, the front line there, pleased to see Forrest in there, if only because I think myself and others were, were relatively harsh on him at the beginning of the season saying, uh, you know, we don't know what he can continue to contribute because it's clear recent injuries and things have, have affected him as a player. But he, he came on and he, he had an encouraging performance against Leipzig during the week. He's had a couple of performances of that out. Are you pleased to see him in from the start today? Yeah. For me, for me, James Forrest is always a guy that should be part of your squad at the very least. Um, you know, not a guaranteed starter. But I think a guy who always has something to contribute and can make an impact. 
um, you know, games like, for example, the St. Mirren game, where the whole team is completely flat, that is a type of game where someone like Forrest has the potential to step up and do something a wee bit different. Um, you know, I, I remember some of the memorable goals he scored in Europe and against uh, against that uh, that mob from across town down the years. You know, he's he's a guy who can who can perform and produce when we need something out of the ordinary. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's I think that's true. And if if there's one thing you can say about James Forrest, you can point to a number of big goals that he's scored over the years. Like you say, um, especially in Europe, he seems to come up with them as well. So it's maybe been a shame mm. that he hasn't been a, a more regular starter for us because maybe he would have he would have come up with those. But it'll be interesting to see what he does from the start today with a chance to make a real impact. Um, Haksabanovic is another interesting one. Obviously, with a slight change of shape that we've had in recent weeks. He's come in since Callum McGregor got injured and taken on the number 10 role. That isn't what I'm led to believe is his natural position. He is more of a wide player, and I think the lineup suggests that he will go back to being a wide player today. Um, were you disappointed to see that perhaps he won't be playing that number 10 role given the impact that he's had there, or are you happy to see him going back out to his more natural position? I'm just glad he's on the pitch because mm. I, th- I think the guy's sensational. Um, you know, it's obviously, you know, my Maeda is is my guy. I'm a big fan of Maeda, but on current form, Haksabanovic warrants a place ahead of him. That that's that's undeniable. Um, so I think that it's good that Haksabanovic is there. I'll be interested to see what he does there because I thought he was very effective in the number ten role. Um, you know, in in what was not a great team performance, he was one of the standouts. Um, uh, talking, you know, about about the St. Johnson game, but um, yeah, I think that he is he's one that could, in time, become as much of a fan favourite as the likes of Jota or Kyogo. I really, I see him at that level, and uh, the more he plays, the better he seems to get. So having him starting a game today can only be good for him. Yeah, I, I would I would agree with that. And obviously, Yakimakis up front. I don't know that we need to say much more about him other than I think he's, you know, about as natural a goal scorer as anybody we've got in the team. Uh, and hopefully we can see him uh, provide that today. Remind me again, what, what's Yakimakis' squad number? Uh, oh, geez, I'm, I'm trying to think. Um, it's oh, not one. It's not one. It's... Uh, it's uh, it's se- seven. Seven. seven, there yeah. you go, seven. Aye, 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 aye. Yeah. Right. A kind yeah. of magical number, I have to say. Kind of magical number. Mm. Um, I'm lucky but, for some, but you know. <laughs> well, depends on your perspective, obviously. Um, but listen. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct-to-Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. 
trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. I'm going to uh, depart from the usual narrative of the pre-match build-up and say this. I was on with Mr. Stato himself, Alan Morrison, yesterday, and I could listen to the man endlessly because I'm a bit of a geek like that. I know some people say that spreadsheet approach to football is not the way that they want to take it in, and certainly when I'm watching the game, I don't do that, but I certainly am interested in whether the stats back things up, whether the stats contradict with what you feel you've seen on the pitch. And so I love having him on the Friday bulletin and and firing questions at him. Only that man could tell me that a question that I posed to him was a poorly researched question, never mind whether his answer was poorly researched. But I'll tell you the question I asked him yesterday. He was quite outspoken about the fact that he thinks this is going to be a a, a difficult game for us. And given the, the, the... in fact, Hibs have won four out of their last five. They're in third place. They're, you know, one of the most informed teams in the country at the moment. I fully appreciate that. But I did a little bit of digging and uh, asked him about whether he felt that the number of sending-offs that have been uh, issued against the opposition of Hibs had an impact on the game. And he quite rightly pointed out that, you know, that's all in context. It depends whether the sending off for the opposition was made in the first minute, whether it was made in the last minute, um, what the situation was in the game at the time. So I thought I would look into it and it's an interesting reading. So I went back right to the start of the season. We've only played 10 games. Hibs have had a sending off in the opposition team five times so far out of those 10 games. So mm. the first the first game that that happened in was St Johnston. Um, they got a man sent off in the 58th minute and Hibs took until the 90th minute to score. Um, they had, amazingly enough, uh, John Lundstrom get sent off for Rangers um, in the 68th minute, at which point uh, I believe Rangers were 2-1 up and it took that sending off to allow Hibs to come back into the game with a goal by Josh Campbell in the 90-plus second minute. Um Neat. They had a sending off, uh, or Kilmarnock had a sending off playing against them in the 11th minute, and they scored in the 12th minute. Um, Motherwell had a sending off in the 56th minute, and Ryan Porteous put Hibs ahead to get a 1-0 victory in the 67th minute. And then the last one was our very own Liam Scales, who got himself sent off in the 44th minute. Presumably from a penalty because it gave away a penalty because I see Martin Boyle scored in the 45th minute with a penalty and then Josh Mm. Campbell scored two goals in the second half and that was with them having been down 1-0 to to Aberdeen at the time that the sending off was made. So I wish I had put this research in with with Alan because I think I could have come back at him there. But I guess what I'm saying there is do you think with the context of that, with anything that you've seen of Hibs so far this season is their form as revelationary as we might think it is or do you think that those sending offs and the run of good fortune they've had in that way uh, is maybe a bit more of an indication of why they are where they are 
Well, first of all, knowing what I do about Scottish referees, I'm disappointed I didn't have a fiver on a Celtic red card today. Um, <laughs> but, uh, no, the um, it's a, it's a tricky one because players can only respond to the situation that they're in, and the fact that Hibs went on to win or get get points in those games shows that the players played well through a certain set of circumstances. Mm-hmm. Now, um, at the end of the day, I've seen games where like you know an, a, a team get two or, you know one or two players sent off and they still win two or three nil you know it, it doesn't a red card doesn't necessarily um mean you're going to go on and get something from the game because you know there's been well there's been numerous games with celtic down the years particularly against rangers where we've had players sent off and we've still managed to get a result mm-hmm. um you know and going the other way there's been there's been games where you know, we didn't. There were players who didn't get sent off and should have, but ultimately it didn't impact the result anyway. So, no, I, hmm. I think Hibs are, Hibs are where they are now because they're playing good football. The fact mm-hmm. that they've had some good fortune in terms of cards is a contributing factor, but I don't think it's the overriding factor, if you know what I mean. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. I just thought it was a very, very interesting thing because. You know, as most of us do, I, I looked at the table and thought, Hibs really look on form here. They've got four victories out of five and kind of wasn't going to look into it any further than that. And then when I clicked on it and saw these red cards everywhere, I was kind of like, I wonder if that's got more of an impact. And I think, to be fair to Alan, when he asked me to clarify um, exactly the context of the red cards, it does, in my mind, prove that they've had a significant impact on the games where they've occurred. But like you say... They've still had to go on and and, and win other matches um, or, or at least get points out of other matches. Although now that I'm saying that, I'm looking at the uh, at the table and their wins have only come in those five matches where the sending-offs have occurred. They've only got two draws mm. on top of that and then lost the other three. So it'll be interesting to see how things pan out today. Um, if we get a man sent off, then as you say, there there might be uh, more to discuss there than, than first meets the eye. Um Five minutes to go till kickoff. I will get your prediction just before we go off air for the kickoff. Um, but I wanted to give you a bit of an opportunity to discuss, um, particularly Dyson Maeda. Now, I know he's getting a lot of stick, some of it warranted, some of it not. Mm. Uh, you have uh, an extended history of watching him. Mm. First of all, are we seeing the best of him? Um, and if not, why not? Okay. Are we seeing the best of him? No. Is he? Does he deserve to be the whipping boy that he is at the moment? Also, absolutely not. Um, now, the the thing with Maeda is that, again, a bit like Hatate in the sense that he's a guy who will press. He'll take players on. He'll try and do something, and if that something doesn't come off, then you know it reflects badly on him. Now. People are saying, oh, he's missed, the, he's missed so many chances, whatever. Well, he must have a pretty good striker's instinct if he's getting into those positions in the first place. Mm. You know, people don't think about that. His work rate is, well, it's a bit of a cliche to keep talking about it, but that is a massive factor in his game. It's why Ange likes him as a player. Um, you know, he has an engine unlike any other player in the Celtic team. Um, he is, he needs a goal. He needs a goal to get his confidence up, and then he'll be flying. Um, same thing happened 
when he was at um when he was at Yamaga, uh, which was the first club I saw him play for, he yeah. went about maybe three or four games without scoring, and you you know you saw his head go down, but then mm-hmm. he duly scored two in the next game, and that was him away again. You know, um, it's uh, it's difficult to say because his main his main attribute is providing assists. Although he scored sixteen goals in the J League last season, he set up, I think, even more than that. Um, yeah, and he was playing as part of a front two, which you don't do at Celtic. Um, same as same when he plays for Japan, he often plays either through the middle or as part of a front two, which is different from what he does here. And that's why, as I've said before. He gets a game for Japan ahead of uh, ahead of Kyogo, mm-hmm. um, and that's another thing. Which now I am not trying to have a go at Kyogo here because you know I love the guy, right? But I do think it's a bit unfair that everybody's getting ripped into Maeda, and Kyogo is kind of getting a free pass when I think both of them are underperforming at the moment equally. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's let's be consistent, guys. Right? Let, let's move away from this this fanboy thing which which fans of all clubs do where you just get it in your head that you don't like a player and you just keep ripping him a new one regardless of how badly the whole team are playing mm-hmm. right it, we've seen it before with greg taylor we've seen it with uh we saw it with joe hart a couple of weeks ago you know it's like just back the team all right you can you can criticize players by all means but see when they're out on that pitch giving us a and the, you can never deny that it gives anything less than 100 percent um uh, you know, it's uh, it's not fair to give them abuse while they're trying their best. By all means, critique the performance afterwards. But yeah. the amount of times that people are just like during games, people are saying, "Oh, he's 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 crap. He's just shut up and support the team." Okay. Yeah, no, I think you're echo- I think you're echoing the 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 sentiments of Jim yesterday, who 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 said pretty much the same thing. He he wants to just see his, uh, encouraging the team. I I mean, obviously. I, I totally agree with that, but we are here to, you know, pick pick the bones of of the game, and I'm yeah, sure we'll have positive and negative things to say uh, about the players at halftime and at full time. Uh, hopefully, more positive than negative, but we'll see. Um, just before I get your prediction, uh, Paul Cockwell, who is a regular Axon viewer but a noted hibby in the comments, says Hibs are that good that they make other players get red cards. You may well be right, Paul. Um, we, we, we will wait and see if that's the case. Uh, I certainly hope it isn't today. Um, so before we leave you, uh, I'm going to give you my prediction. I'm going to be a bit conservative today. I'm going to go 2-1. I think uh, I think it might be a bit of a nervy affair, but I think we'll take it in the end. Um, are you a bit more positive than me on that score, Liam? I'm going to say 3-1. Um, I think it will be cagey, but I think we'll get a couple of goals in the second half and that will put us, put us uh, out of sight safely. I certainly hope so. Uh, And with that said, everybody, um, thank you very much for joining us. Enjoy the first half. I hope it is uh, as positive as we want it to be and we will see you at halftime just to go over exactly what has happened. Thanks for joining me, Liam, and we'll see you all very, very soon. Hello and welcome to A Celtic State of Mind. My name is Laura Bradburn and I'm joined by Liam from Celtic Down Under for the halftime analysis of... Celtic versus Hibs. Um, it is a much more comfortable um, outing than I thought it was going to be. 3-0 up at half time. Um, two goals from James Forrest, one from Yakimakis. We will get into exactly what um, they were all about. But um, 
Liam, your thoughts initially on the first half? Um, I mean, 3-0, incredible, but but for a couple of really good bits of defending from <laughs> Hibs, and I think a perfectly good Hatate goal disallowed, and also pretty strong claim for a penalty right at the end of the half there, um, I think it could have been a lot more. Um haven't seen a game this one-sided since uh, Wednesday. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Um, we're going to have a, a wee look at some of the, the sort of outstanding players of the first half. One that I wanted to bring up specifically, um, which I'll do right now, is um, this man right here on the left-hand side, uh, Hak Sabanovic. Um, mm. We were singing his praises before the match. Uh, Liam, what kind of um, impact do you feel he's had in the game and how influential has he been to everything that we've done so far? Oh, he's he's absolutely running the show. He is. He's. Um, I wonder if he listened to my uh, <laughs> me bigging him up before the game, and he's went out and proved it. Um, he he really has just um, you know instrumental in the first goal. Um, uh, so much of our build up play coming in from the wings has come through him. Um, yeah, he's just he's absolutely sensational. But for the fact that I think Forrest is probably going to end up getting a hat trick today and will get man of the match. Mm-hmm. Hatsibanovich would normally be a shooty in one for it, but um, yeah. yeah. I mean, you can see there, chances created three. Um, he's got, I think, a 96% pass accuracy. Um, he's got, you know, just the, the, the stats are all entirely in his favour. Five out of six uh, of his crosses have been accurate as well. So you can't really mm. ask more of him. Um, and really, that whole left-hand side there with Bernabe and Hatati. I think Hatati's a little bit hard done by with the the, the lower rating there. But Bernabe and Hatati um, have have teamed up well with Haksavanovich down that left-hand side, and it's been the focus of most of our play, hasn't it? Yeah, and also you know you look at the fact that Forrest coming in from the other side has managed to get two goals, and I think that's largely because our play down the left has drawn the Hibs defence over there and created spaces for Forrest and Jack Marcus. Yeah, um, that that first goal from James Forrest, that's certainly exactly what happened. The ball coming in from, from the left-hand side from, from Haksibanovic um, and Forrest putting the ball in at the far post. Um, the, the goal mm. from Yakimakis with that fantastic delivery from Burnaby as well. Um, we'll talk a little bit about the rest of the front line there. Um, we'll go to, to Yakimakis first before we start uh, lauding praise on on James Forrest, but Yakimakis, um, has has his inclusion been the the good call that we thought it was going to be before the match? Do you think? Absolutely. Um, you know, Hibs have got guys like Ryan Porteous in defence, who uh, who personally I think is a good player. I know a lot of guys don't rate him, but I think he's a good player. There are um, other aspects of his 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 play that I'm not so enamoured with, but I think well, his, his, his ability as a footballer, I'll take on board. Put it this way, I'm glad that he's got up against Giacomacchus today, not Kyogo, because I wouldn't want wee Kyogo getting injured. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Giacomacchus is, shall we say, better built to compete with uh, players like of Porteous's uh, robust approach to the game. Yeah, I, I, I think I think that's entirely entirely true. Um, Ariel Jules won three out of five, um, two out of three shots accurate on the goal. He really has proved to be, you know, that robust um, striker that we need up front. And like you say, I think um, I think that's what we're tra- coming to, and, and correct me if I'm wrong here, Liam, but I think that's what I'm coming to realise about 
Yakimakis and, and, and Furuhashi um, or Kyogo um, is that they are so different. It's not necessarily that one's better than the other. It's just that the way in which they're used and the and the opposition that we choose to play them against will vary. And having that versatility and what we can choose is is only a good thing for us. Well, see, the good thing is he has he gives us such a different option. But then again, so too does Forrest, Paxibanovic. Um, you know, our entire front line today is probably completely different from what Hibs were expecting, what they had trained and prepared for all week. They were probably expecting to come up against Jota, Abada, Maeda, Kyogo. And none of them are there today. And yet we're now 3 nothing up. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and we'll come on to the man of the moment. Um, somebody whose praises we were singing before the match. Uh, he's come in from a bit, for a bit of stick from, I think, the Celtic fan base at large. Um, there has also been a fair understanding that, that the injury ravaged season he had the season before last, I think, certainly impacted him last season. Um, but James Forrest uh, has made some good appearances, as we talked about, and today has been, again, one of the shining lights in the Celtic side uh, against Hibs today, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, like I say, you know, he's... The fact that he's got two goals, and I think we'll add to that in the second half as well, um, just shows you that he is... He's, he's Mr. Dependable. You can always call on him to come in and do a job when needed, and he's doing it today and doing it superbly. Yeah, uh, 93% passing accuracy um, expected goals on target of 1.25 so he's actually um, he's exceeding that in what he's actually scored uh, 3 out of 3 shot accuracy he really has proven to be a very dangerous uh, option up front there for us and, and, and something that we um, are, are really you know fortunate to have as an option there when the likes of Abada and Jota aren't available um, a, a quick question I wanted to ask you <laughs> Mm-hmm. I don't want to be too negative about it, but but the commentator on the the coverage that I was watching su- suggested that obviously um, James Forrest is now on ninety nine goals for Celtic. He would be joining a very exclusive club if he was to to break the century record today. Mm. Uh, and the commentator said, uh, "If we get a penalty, it's got to be James Forrest that takes it," which absolutely I agree with. My my only concern with that is. I don't think we would get a penalty if one of our players was literally had their leg chopped off in the box. Um, the, the refereeing performance, I hate to go on about it when we've had such a yeah. positive game, but yeah. I, I mean, I don't know what we need to do to get a decision from this guy. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Uh, well, we need VAR, and hopefully from next week that's going to make it, at least make it more difficult for such blatant, um, honest mistakes, as they call them, to be made. Um, you know, I think, um, like I said, Hatati's goal, nothing wrong with it. 
Porteous was clearly playing him on side. Um, uh, Jakimakis. Now, I'll need to see it again. I only saw it once at the very end of the half, just before I had to sign in for the stream. But I thought, should I had a penalty? Um, I, I would say... Tackles. Yeah. I would say the penalty incident, Jakimakis was a little bit off balance, but to use an old football cliche, I have seen them given. Aye, aye, and again, it goes back to that debate we had we had before about you know this whole burden of proof. Um, you know, oh, that that's a free kick, but it's it's not it's not enough to be a penalty. It's, well, if it's a foul, it's a penalty. You know, but there, there does seem to be this idea that it has to somehow be a heavier challenge or a more obvious foul in order for for it to be a penalty inside the area. You know, I don't mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't understand that, but it is a recurring trope with with football um yeah it, it does seem to be um i i guess that that said um but we'll move back to the more positive aspects of the game um uh, I, i'm always stumped in a situation like this we're three nil up at half time we're, we're the the to say we're cruising is an understatement um if you're the manager do, do you change anything right now do you do you stick with what's working Keep it going till about the hour mark. That's that's usually Andrew's MO, and I'd be quite happy with him to uh, to stick with that today. Funny, we were looking at statistics there, Laura. He, here's one for you, right? Mm-hmm. So James Forrest scores two today. Jakimakis scores one. Uh, James Forrest's squad number is number forty-nine. Mm-hmm. Jakimakis is number seven. Mm-hmm. Now divide forty-nine by seven. Divide seven by seven. What do you get? Seven and one. <laughs> Sometimes the punchlines write themselves. <laughs> they, I, I mean, uh, put it this way, Liam. I think even if that maths hadn't worked as cleanly as it did, you'd have found a way to make it work. <laughs> hey, uh, come on! I spent twenty minutes working on that one during the first half. Come on! Twenty minutes. <laughs> this this man is teaching the future of Japan, and he took twenty minutes to figure that one out. I don't know what to say about it. Hey, that, that, this man also failed his math hire. So come on. Well, <laughs> let's say let about that. The better. Um, I, I guess the the only thing that I want to think about for the second half is. Um, you know, if we go back, let me just see if I can pull it up here. If we go back and look at the um, substitutes bench, which is handily covered up by the banner there, which I'll just remove. Uh, Sigris, Taylor, Kyogo, Abada, McCarthy, Idiguchi, Abodgard, Maeda and Juranovic. Who, mm. if any of those, are you wanting to see uh, an appearance from in the second half, do you think? Um, for the sake of uh, for the sake of fitness, I'd like to see Abogard come on and play a bit just to get up to speed with the team mm-hmm. um Idiguchi, i mean i'd love for him to just come on and score a goal just to just to remind everybody that he's still here you know um yeah i'm really rooting for the guy but he needs he needs to needs to pull something out of the hat soon if he's going to make it at celtic i think you know if there's any chance given the way that we're playing at the moment any chance of him uh, making an appearance then it might be today because something tells me that uh, if we stick to the old adage that Ange likes, which is uh, uh, to never stop, then hopefully it won't be the last goal that we scored today uh, coming from either James Forrest or anybody else in the team. But it mm. remains to be seen if that's the case. 
Um, we will see you all at full time to um, analyse what is hopefully another high score in second half. And uh, hopefully we break some records in the process. Uh, good luck, Jamesy Forrest. We're all rooting for you, I think. Thanks, yep. Liam. And we'll see you at full time. See you then. So close, so close. Six one. I'll take it. <laughs> but it would have been uh, it would have been much better if we just uh, rounded it off. Because as we know, seven ones are not for everyone. So close. Anyway, my name's uh, Laura. I'm on Axom, uh, joined by Celtic Down Under's Sean and Liam for the post match reaction to Celtic Hibs. Which, if you haven't managed to see the game, finished six one with a hat trick from James Forrest which means he joins the coveted and very exclusive 100 club as one of the only Celtic players ever to score over 100 goals. Sean, um, welcome to the coverage. Obviously didn't have you for pre-match or half-time. So I think we'll come to you first and just say, what was your overall impression of the game today? Did you, um, you know, I take it you you were as pleased as we were with what we were seeing? Yeah, I was. It was very enjoyable. And uh, I'd, I'd done a quick, um, when we scored after nine minutes, it was it was like, well, OK, I, I'm pretty confident now. Whenever we score early, we, we tend to go on and do well. So um, to in order to kind of confirm my own belief, I just did a quick check on our domestic games this season. Uh, and when we score before the 22nd minute, we uh, have a goal differential of plus 3.875. Uh, and if we fail to score within the first 22 minutes, our goal differential is only 0. 0, uh, 0.33. Uh, so there's only been really four games this year where we've failed to score within that uh, first 22 minutes, domestically speaking. So when we score early, I feel confident, I'm happy, I'm sit back, get a beer and enjoy the game. Exactly. I think that was. Uh, I think it, that just sets the scene, doesn't it, for exactly what it is you're watching and certainly with that early goal just the same as it's happened to his various other points in the season where we've scored five or more by the end of the game you just felt it coming um Liam we obviously have covered the first half um, in the pre-match and then and then at half time um there was a bit of me that thought we might take the foot off the, the gas more than we did I know that's a bit of na- naive of me now that I know Angie's philosophy inside out but um, were you surprised that we continued to be as dominant as we were in that second half? Well, I, I thought we did take our foot off the gas. I mean, it was only six, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, seriously though, I, 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 I do think that, particularly with Haksabanovich coming off at half time, I think that there was a noticeable slowing up of the pace of the game in the second half. Mm-hmm. The, the chances were still coming. The, the creativity was still there. The drive to get more and more goals was still there. So that's great. Um, but definitely we, we dropped off in pace a wee bit, I think. Yeah, I think I think that's fair. Um, even though it was on, it was 6-1, we probably probably didn't uh, never stop, as the slogan says. But I'm going to um, I'm going to bring up the, the stats from the from the game here and I'm going to um, just highlight a player that we talked about um, Liam before the the match but I'll, uh, Sean I'll come to you first on him um, Aaron Moy he's come mm-hmm. in for a, a little bit of criticism from from some quarters of the Celtic support people unsure of what his role is of what his strengths are and what he brings to the team um, I think it's safe to say he had one of his, his best games in a Celtic shirt today, but what, what exactly did you feel he brought to the team that made him such a vital part of, of the victory today? Uh, I'm going to disagree with you slightly, Laura. I, I thought he had a great second half, but I thought he was uh, our worst player 
to be honest, in the first half. Uh, wow, okay. Getting caught in possession, giving it away easily. Uh, in the second half, yeah, he, when, once the game opened up, he, he did get two assists and he did look a bit better uh, when he had a bit more space. But I do think he's a bit ponderous at times. And uh, I, I did think that showed in the first half when, uh, when the game was a bit tighter. Yeah, I don't know if anybody gave you the memo before the show, Sean, but this is the first time you're on with me and you're not allowed to disagree or tell me that I'm incorrect. So let that be a lesson to you for the future. <laughs> um, Liam, it was, a, it, was a, it was a good performance by Moy in the second half, as we said. He did seem to break up the play for Celtic, uh, or, or for Hibs, I should say. Um, do you think he's, he's maybe, if he can keep up, performances like that second half that he could maybe force his way into Ange's plans on a more permanent basis and not as a second choice or do you think he's still that little bit behind the the most of the midfield choices that we have? I don't think it's a question of him being behind anybody. I think it's just the role that he plays. Um, like, like, like Sean said, he definitely... I don't know if I'd go as far as to say he was the worst player in the first half, but there was definitely a noticeable improvement in his contribution and his overall play in the second half. And I think that is because, as I said a minute ago, the game was played at a slower pace. Mm-hmm. I think a slower pace suits his style of play more. He can spend a bit more time on the ball, pick out a pass, play some good long cross-field balls, whatever. Um, and I think in second half, when Celtic are already a few goals up, as we were today, Moy is the kind of guy that will come on at, at 60 minutes and just slow everything down and stabilise everything. Um, so I think long-term, that's the role I see him playing. How um, would you interpret Ange's decision to put O'Reilly at number six and put Moy up to number eight? I think it was just a wee bit of uh, experimentation, to be well, honest. I think it's... O'Reilly's, O'Reilly's been in there for three games straight now and Moy's came in back into the team not in that mm. position, but up in number eight. Aye, because, like, like I said, I think he wants to see what Moy could do there. Um, and I think based on the first half performance, probably not something we'll try again, but I think Moy is better as the sitting midfielder, as I say, playing balls from deep. It's an interesting question though, Sean, and I'll pose it to you. It was something that we were actually talking about in the Axom chat. Um, Given given the way that O'Reilly's had to adapt his game um, with McGregor being injured, um, we've seen a different side to his game and I'm having to play that deeper role. And the thing we were we were discussing was whether um, whether we think O'Reilly should remain in that deeper role even if and when um, McGregor comes back. What's your opinion on that? Would you still like to see him further up the pitch or is there a player there that you're seeing could provide a real um, solid base for us in midfield if he was playing that deeper role? The the way I'm framing it is, uh, can you imagine uh, Callum McGregor when he was 21 playing, doing the same thing that Matt O'Reilly is currently doing at 21? And, and I don't think you could. Uh, Matt, Matt O'Reilly is doing an absolute amazing job of being Callum McGregor Mark II, uh, but like six, seven years younger. It's, it's quite astonishing, really. And um, I don't want to be saying like he's putting uh, value on his transfer because I don't want him to go. But he's done a really great job in there in the last three games, I think, against some really quality opposition and Hibs. Yeah, I, th- I think that's I think that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's fair, and I think um, Liam, as as Sean says, it's it's remarkable until it's it's there in front of you in black and white. I think it's very mm. easy to forget 
how young O'Reilly is and exactly what a pivotal part of this team he is, even despite his age. Yeah, I mean, you know, you can make. I mean, we we talked pre-match at the same about Hatati. You know, he's he's barely played a hundred professional games. Um, yet him and O'Reilly both work together like guys that have been playing in the same team for two or three years. It's amazing. Um, yeah. And yeah, O'Reilly is just. You know, I, I spoke before about when we're talking about the Japanese players, about the importance of versatility. But O'Reilly has just shown that that is something he definitely has as well. Like Sean says, dropping that bit deeper and not looking remotely out of place. Um, my only concern is that I know he has ambitions to try and somehow force his way into the Danish World Cup squad. And uh, that's one area where Denmark are well covered is the central midfielders, defensive central midfielders, guys like Delaney. And I don't think O'Reilly's quite ready to displace them yet, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Is, is Damsgaard another one who's a kind of similar role or is he a, a slightly different role, would you say? Um, He's not a player I'm not familiar with, to be honest. I okay. really couldn't tell you. Yeah, I think there are strong options there, though. And like you say, it's just a, an indication of the quality that they have that that O'Reilly might have to wait for his his, his chance, um, as you say. Um, yeah. But it would be remiss of me, um, we will talk about other aspects of the game, it would be remiss of me not to mention the main man of the moment, man of the match, hat-trick scorer and joiner of the um, exclusive 100 club uh, where only 29 other players in Celtic history have scored 100 goals, James Forrest if he wasn't already considered such, is now officially a Celtic legend. Um, Sean, I'll come to you first. Um, What did you make of his performance today? Quite a way to wrap up uh, such an accolade. And what do you think this says about his his place in Celtic history now? Uh, I think he was brilliant today. Uh, And he showed flashes in recent games when he was coming on and he fully merited the start today. Uh, I think there was a stat last year, year before, about uh, the only players that have had 100 goals and 100 assists were Henrik Larsson and Jimmy Johnston. Uh, and I, I'm not sure, I think James Forrest is just floating about 100 assists. I'm not sure if yeah, he's Yeah, I think he's yet. on 99, yeah. 99, there you go. So he's very close to joining the absolute cream of the crop for Celtic. I know he's had quite a lot of time to do it, given he's been here since he was born, but... Um, like absolutely do not denigrate uh, what he's achieved at the age of 31. Like he is a Celtic legend. And, and the fact that we've got like players injured and and somebody absolutely coming out of the in out of the cold is this legend. They can just come in and score a hat trick is quite quite a thing to have in a squad. It really is. Um Liam, I'm gonna just pull up the um the the most comprehensive list of Celtic scorers that I could find. Uh, during uh, the the match Um, so this is the kind of company we're talking about I'm going to just take the banner off there so that you can see the whole uh, the whole shebang this is the type of company we're talking about obviously there's the untouchable James McGrory at the top there, Lisbon Lion, Bobby Lennox and then Henrik Larsson uh, make up what is quite an unbelievable top three but you go down there and you've still got um, People of the calibre of Patsy Gallagher, Kenny Dalglish, uh, Willie Wallace um, and the likes. Uh, and of course, Frank McGarvey, who I'm sure everybody at both Celtic Down Under and, um, and Axom sends their best wishes to, given uh, recent news about his poor health. Um, all the best to you, Frank, and to your family. Um, but Liam, 
looking at the list there of people, not only the people he has joined in the 100 club, but the people it means that he's beat um, to that number of Celtic goals. What does it tell you about James Forrest and about his impact on Celtic history? Um, is he yet appreciated as much as he should be? I don't think so. I think he deserves a lot more um, praise from the general fan base that than he, than he gets. Because it's one thing to, to score 100 goals for Celtic, but it's another thing to do it when you're not even playing as a striker most of the time. You know, he's a, he's, he's a winger. Um, and, you know, obviously so, so was Jimmy Johnston. But when you think of, like, you know, Henrik Larsson, uh, Lee Griffiths, guys like that, they, th- their entire Celtic careers, they were unquestionably centre-forwards. That was where they played. And so I think for anybody who's not a centre-forward to reach 100 goals for Celtic is even more um, incredible when, when you put it into that kind of context. Uh, yeah, it, it really is something that, that that really brings it home when you consider the majority of people who've who've scored 100 goals or more will be strikers and certainly will have done it in a, a shorter period of time than James Forrest. But I don't think that that's necessarily anything to take away from him. I mean, you're talking about his 451st appearance for the club today. So you're talking about an average of, of, of just shy of one goal in four games. And, and I think even though you might say, well, playing that number of games mean you could score that number of goals. It's just an argument to say that the longevity of, of, of James Forrest is to be applauded as well. Um, Sean, I, I framed that question perhaps a bit unfairly to Liam there in terms of um, the negative side of things, in terms of the, the reputation that James Forrest has got amongst the support. Why, why do you think it is that he maybe isn't as fondly thought of or, or, or you know remembered as with as much admiration as some of the other names in the list that we see there? Uh, I would assume it's the same thing that afflicts a lot of wingers is inconsistency. Uh, that, you know, there's been times, very, it's very rare for him to have contributed like a full season of really productive work. Uh, I think there's maybe been, to memory, there's been about two where he's really played the whole season uh, effectively. But other than that, he's been in and out with injuries, in and out with form. I mean, even look at this season, he's like, he's not been in the team really at all and nobody's been asking for him. It's not like it's not like he's been sitting in the sideline and people are like, oh, Forrest should be stepping. You know, people have been criticising Abada for missing chances, but nobody said get Forrest in. I've not heard that once. So I think that's just a, a common affliction for wingers is that inconsistency is really uh, a kind of a bell cow they have to wear. Yeah, it's um, it's certainly something that I think does afflict certain positions and I think, like you say, a winger would be one of them. Um, it's almost too easy for the game to pass them by in certain situations, sometimes through no fault of their own. I mean, we even saw today, um, especially in the first half, when Haksabanovich was on, so much of the play that we had went down the left. It wasn't necessarily to say that that James Forrest would have had a bad game if he hadn't had an impact. It was just the way that the play was going, I think. Um, Liam, just going back to the, the game today in general, um, I, I guess the, the, the thing I'm, I'm thinking here is, first and foremost, it's fantastic to see us uh, firing all cylinders and getting back to, to emphatic winning ways the way that we have today. Yeah, yeah. Um, we, You know, we were to all intents and purposes, effectively knocked out of Europe during the week. So um, it's 
that can go one of two ways. Either the heads go down and you go on a bad run, or you come back galvanised and say, right, let's just put this league out of sight. Um, and that's exactly what Celtic have indicated they're going to do starting from today. There's a renewed vigour in that team, and it shows in every every section of the park this uh, today. We, we, we were just totally dominant in every area. Yeah, I think so. Um, Sean, a, a chance for you to maybe give us a few more positives today. Um, apart from the players we've picked out already, um, who was your um, sort of standout performers from today? Anybody who either started the match or, or, or came on from the bench? Uh, obviously, Haxi Banovic uh, had a great first half. I'm not sure why he went off at half-time. I'm uh, hoping it's nothing too serious. Uh, I thought uh, Cameron Carter-Vickers had a great game and he's showed since he came back why we've, why we've missed him so much. Like he, I don't really... I know we lost that goal to St. Johnson from a free kick he gave away, but I really don't care uh, <laughs> about... You know, like if he does 10 of those and one of them's a free kick, I'm, I'm fine with that. Uh, I'm more annoyed that we didn't defend the set piece than, he, than him giving away the free kick. Um, I thought Burnaby, absolutely. I don't know if anyone listens to Celtic Down Under, but I ripped Burnaby apart after the Johnson game. But I thought he was much better today. Um, I think the team uh, has done a better job of figuring out what he can do, and hopefully he can have a better chance of figuring out what the rest of the team can do as well. His, his assist today was excellent. And... Uh, a far cry from the misplaced passes that he was giving us in the second half uh, against St. Johnson. Um, and Jack Amakis, again, great hold-up play, but I'd really love it if he could just have a little bit more composure with his, his knock-ons, his passes. Like, he gets the ball, but his passing and his decision is just not at the same level. It would be what a world-class player he would be if he could just match that, match those two things up. Yeah, I think that's absolutely true. Um, Liam, Sean highlighted Cameron Carter-Vickers, who, you know, ha- has almost become so reliable that, that that people don't talk about it anymore. The only way in which we've we've really come to appreciate it as much as we should have done is because he's been out of the team a few weeks uh, with the injury. But having him back is certainly a good thing. You can see there, hundred um, percent of tackles won, six clearances. Um, four recoveries, um, his ground duels and aerial duels, he, he, he came out majority on top. Um, without being able to quantify exactly what it is that Cameron Carter-Vickers brings, Liam, what about his absence is it, do you think, that is so um, that, that makes the defence so different? And what about his presence makes us improve so much, do you think? Well... I mean, for me, there, there are two things you need to build a solid spine to your team. First of all, you need a decent goalkeeper. And secondly, you need a good commanding centre-back. And I think in Joe Hart, we have a dependable goalkeeper who leads by example. And then you've got Cameron Carter-Vickers, who is just exactly everything we need in a in a powerful, aggressive, hard-tackling, but very, very skillful um, central defender. Uh, it's amazing. Again, you know, he's only 24, so he is only going to get better as time goes on. And I am, uh, I'm very interested to see. I'm assuming that he's going to be part of the the USA squad. Um, watching him go up against uh, go up against England is going to be fascinating. 
Um, oh yeah, I think uh, I think Harry Kane would have a job in his hands trying to get past him. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, I, and I and I think that is where you know again Carter Vickers is one of those that's kind of flying under the radar. We talked a minute ago about possible big money offers coming in for O'Reilly. Um, you know, there's been talk of you know if if any of our if if any of our Japanese players have a big World Cup, um, but uh, Juranovic is another obvious one with Croatia. But I think. Carter Vickers could be the one that ends up getting the, you know, the the twenty million plus offer, if uh, as I predict, USA end up doing a number on England at the World Cup. It'll be interesting to see. I'll certainly be uh, sporting my stars and stripes that day. That's for sure. Um, <laughs> Sean, um, I think I think the the main concern that we've had in recent weeks, not just in Europe but domestically, was that. Um, that, that our finishing touch had deserted us. I think um, today has proved that, that that's anything but the case. Um, what do you think the reason was for that today? Was it the volume of chances? Do you think we were more clinical? And if we were more clinical, why do you think that was? Uh, we had this debate on our pod on Wednesday about the quantity versus quality debate. Uh, and we, we kind of just threw into the ether the, the, the question about... And, and I think Ange brought it up as well, just about around anxiety and pressure, and you know the sense of occasion, and uh, it, it is really it really is a thing. And look, um, from my personal perspective, uh, my playing when I was playing football, like I think I was in my thirties before I cracked, before I figured out, like oh, just 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 play, you know, like it doesn't matter who you're playing, what the occasion is, and. I was well into my thirties by that point, so these guys in their twenties, I can't, I can't fault them at all. I would hundred percent be in the same uh, thing as them. I, I, you know, I went for the trial uh, to do the play at Celtic Park thing, like what, fifteen, twenty years ago, and I absolutely bottled it. Not because I can't play football, just because I absolutely crapped my pants. Uh, so like, I don't, I don't blame these guys for you know not playing to the same level on the sense of occasion uh, and the anxiety around that. And I think that's really what it is. They're very comfortable with domestic games, and I think they've not quite matched that level of comfort with European games yet. Yeah, I think that's a fair fair assessment. Um, Liam, I, I think I think what it proves as well today is that um, you can you can look into the opposition as much as you want, you can prepare as much as you want, and I think as we discussed before the match. You know, there was reason to suspect it might have been a difficult one today, but ultimately we have the players and have the talent and the coaching staff there to to really see off anybody domestically that we want to if we've if we've got the right mindset. Is that unfair on the opposition, do you think, or is that pretty accurate? It's just a, it's a statement of reality. When Celtic play to our best, nobody in Scotland will beat us. Nobody. Mm-hmm. And you know, there are some good teams in the in in the Scottish League. And Rangers. Um, <laughs> so, sorry, Sean, I'm recycling your joke there, but you know, uh, I, think, I think you meant Sevco, but it's okay. <laughs> ah, sorry, sorry, I, I, the, um, the, 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 the artists formerly known as Rangers. Uh, yeah, um, but no, I, I do honestly think we are the best team in Scotland. We have the best squad in Scotland, and for any team, and I include. The, the Ibrox Tribute Act in this, for any team to get a result against us, it doesn't just require top performance from them. It mm. requires a poor performance from us as well. Yeah. 
So day, days like today where we turn up and we're in full flow and we're just scoring goals for fun, nobody in Scotland can stand with us. Nobody. No, I really don't think so either. And I think that, that today proved it. Um, um, Sean, obviously we've got... Um, the, the cup game up coming up in the in the middle of the week, but we have a few more league games to go before the shutdown um, for the World Cup. We've got, um, obviously, ignoring Champions League and cup games, we've got uh, Livingston coming up, we've got Dundee United, we've got Motherwell in the league as well as the cup, we've got uh, Ross County, uh, and that'll be our last game before uh, the shutdown. Um, not entirely difficult games but I think fair to say that Livingston and Ross County can be uh, bogey teams for us um, I take it you're looking for 100% in terms of points between now and the shutdown for the World Cup or would you be happy with you know a majority of wins and, and, and given the given the the stack of games that we've had so far in this recent period Look, after today with Burnaby, Ralston, uh, Forrest, Moy all coming in, I'm I'm definitely looking for hundred uh, percent. The yeah, the stuff like the cup games, um, mm. it's a different kind of mentality. Like in a league game, there's the pressure of you know a draw is as good as a defeat. So you know there's almost like two defeats looming over you. Uh, whereas in the cup, it's not you know it's either a win or a loss. So I, I feel like there's actually less pressure in the cup games, which is something that showed, you know, when we had that thirty match winning run under uh, multiple managers in the cup. Uh, so so I actually expect we'll do fine in the cup games. Goal difference doesn't matter, you know, all that sort of thing. And um, but yeah, league games there is definitely a couple of tricky ones. We've done well against Ross County this so far this year. Livingston's definitely a potential banana skin. I'd love to get Jamesy Forrest back in after what he did last year. Uh, but no, Laura, I agree with you. I'm, I'm looking for 100. percent I'm not. I'm not saying, oh, we can have a draw here and we can have a draw there. I'm. I'm. I'm hoping and expecting 100. percent I would. I would totally say so as well. And with that in mind, um, Liam, I'm just going to pull up the the league table just because it's nice to look at at, at times like this. But <laughs> um, I'll just pull it up here. Um, so that's has obviously played 10 games majority of the league have played 11 um, we are um, Rangers have a game in hand on us so really that 5 point lead is in effect a 3 point lead if we assume Rangers are going to get the 3 points from their, their game in hand um, Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. 
House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Are you pretty pleased with the way this part of the season has gone up until now and the position we find ourselves in there? Or are you thinking, you know, we could have been more convincingly ahead than we are at this point no i'm quite i'm quite happy with it um beat you know beating them um <laughs> getting top of the league uh, that's all that's all you can really ask for at this stage of the season um and if we can just ride out this this tricky wee period over the next month or so before the world cup um we can go into our break uh comfortably ahead in the league and then when we come back you know, it's only a couple of games and then we play um, the the Govan Dodgers or whatever you want to call them. Um, and, uh, you know, the pressure is all on them because if we win that next game, their season is effectively over. So um, that that's the position you want to be in. You know, we were in the position last season where we had to give a performance in what what was eventually the February game. Right, in order to go top of the league, the roles are now reversed. We are the ones in charge, and only we can throw that away now. Because, as I've said, if we play to the way we can play and we keep our standards high, nobody will beat us in Scotland. There was, I didn't bookmark it, but there was a comment, uh, and it was a comment over there that was saying. Well, we've beat uh, the third place team six one, yeah, and we also beat the second place team four nil. Uh, you know, we're absolutely spanking our, our, our peers here. And, and, and looking at that table there, I'm, I'm not quite sure what to make of it. To be honest, like based on performances so far, who would you? I mean, I see Ross County are sitting bottom, but who would you actually say is the worst team in the league? I wouldn't say it's Ross County. Well, can I can I be absolutely honest here? I don't like to. I don't tend to blow my own trumpet. At, primarily because I don't usually get things bang on in any way, shape or form. I'm usually found wanting as far as that's concerned. But I really do think the issue, I don't know if you saw the pre-match, Sean, but I was talking about how um, before today's game, Hibs had had a man sent off, uh, or the opposition had had a man sent off against them in five Mm. of their opening 10 games of the season. And I really think it has helped mask like kind of how good a team that they are. I think they I don't think they would have had quite as many victories as they've had if the sending offs hadn't happened. Now you could argue I didn't see the sending offs, I didn't see the games. You could argue that their play has put them in a position to make players get sent off. It could be um refereeing decisions going in their favour. God knows what that's like. Um but <laughs> you know it 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 just makes me think perhaps the table is lying a little bit and Hibs aren't the, the third best team in the in the league as you maybe think Ross County aren't the worst team in the league either. I, I was just looking to big Hibs up because they share, they uh, at least verbally, share a lot of philosophies that uh, Ange Postacoglu shares about uh, tempo and intensity. That's I can't. I think in my head I was like, oh yes, this is why Hibs are doing so well because they, they want to play like Postacoglu plays. 
I tell you something, they might want to play like Postacoglu plays, but I, I don't know the manager's name, but he really needs to sort that clobber out. That was absolutely <laughs> atrocious. Lee uh, Johnson. Not... <laughs> Lee Johnson. I mean, yeah. I'm not I'm not a fashionista by any manner of means, but I mean that was that was outrageous what he was wearing on the touchline today. Um Liam, just looking ahead uh to to, to Wednesday night and to the cup game against Motherwell, um I guess the the question I have is, you, you know, there's a balance to be struck between um, whether we stick with what's working here and what's obviously quite working quite well domestically, or whether we continue to switch things up and keep things fresh. What way would you go on Wednesday night? Well, the good thing is, like uh, as I as I mentioned um, at half time, we caught Hibs cold today because they had no idea what kind of team we were going to put out. They were preparing to face Jota, Kyogo, Maeda, and we put out Jakimakis, Haksabanovic and Forrest. Mm. And the thing is, on Wednesday, we could put out a completely different front three again and be as effective. I think we have such a, a, a glut of, uh, of options at the moment in, in midfield and in attack. Um, so I really think that I don't think it will be quite the same team as today, but I think it will be similar. Um, I think, obviously, you know, you can't drop Forrest after he scores a hat-trick. Mm. Um, Haksabanovic, as I said, just seems to get better with every game that I see him play. Um, Maeda got a goal today, which was very good to see. Yes. And a, hopefully... a really a really difficult one to take as well. I, mm. I, because Kyogo was right in front of him and kind of sclaffed at it. So I think he couldn't have seen it until the very last second either. So it was superb, superb reactions, superb flexibility. Um, yeah, and hopefully he kicks on from that. But at the moment, if there's a choice between him and Haksabanovic, Haksabanovic starts ahead of Maeda at the moment, um, just on, on form. And you know I say that as Maeda's biggest fan, right? Yeah, yeah no, no question. Yeah. Um, Sean, I take it you agree with most of what Liam said there. Do you have any difference of opinion in terms of what you would like to see from the selection on Wednesday or is it a case of if it's not broke, don't fix it? Well, it's interesting because up to now the Cup games have been the change of pace team. You know, it's where the, the reserves came in. Uh, but now we're in a position where uh, the Cup games sync up with the European games and we might actually be seeing uh, the European team. So it could be whoever is expected to play against Shakhtar is going to start against Motherwell, which would be... Quite an interesting change from what we've seen so far. Um, and to be honest, I'm comfortable either way. Uh, I think uh, we've got two great, not two, how do I say two great teams? We've got a great squad and we can get a great, uh, a couple of great teams out of that. And um, yeah, I think I think we'll be good. No matter what striker starts, no matter what winger starts, I, I'm actually more concerned about the defence than anything. And, and if we can keep a settled uh, couple of centre-backs, that's that's my main concern. Uh, and the rest should be OK. Yeah, I'm certainly hoping so. Um, it remains to be seen, but uh, certainly if we can put in more performances like the one we did today, then I think we'll all be more than happy. Um, Europe is another... Another story entirely, but uh, we continue to work on that front and, uh, and and get as far as we can. Um, thank you, everybody, for joining us in the comments. That was a thoroughly enjoyable afternoon, I'm sure you'll agree. Um, thank you to Liam and to Sean from Celtic Down Under. Uh, we will be back on Axon from Monday with the uh, 
bulletin as usual. Um, but if you could uh, give us a subscribe and a like on the YouTube channel, um, go and download the guys' podcast at Celtic Down Under because it really is another fantastic uh, Celtic fan media outlet that gives a bit of perspective from people who are, um, have to say, putting a lot more effort in than most of us to follow the team, given the times that you are having to watch the matches, that's for sure. Um, thanks very much, Sean. Thanks very much, Liam. And we'll see you all again very, very soon. phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet keep your home up to speed with cox cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5g home internet cox is the real home internet you're looking for Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.